everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. Last week, you heard the compelling and inspiring story of author, activist, and syndicated columnist Star Parker, whose latest must-read, Blind Conceit, Politics, Policy, and Racial Polarization, How to Move Forward to Save America, is causing the progressive liberals to literally shake in their boots, or as the Bible so boldly proclaims, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. She's a sought-after consultant and commentator by both federal and state legislators, the author of several books, and an outspoken proponent of true welfare reform, having helped craft legislation in the 90s and co-founding the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, known simply as CURE. It's a nonprofit organization that seeks to help transition America's poor from government dependency, of which she once was a victim, to entrepreneurial freedom through market-based solutions. To quote from her latest great read, quote, The liberal progressive social justice lie of the left gripped America's poor and minority communities some 50 years ago and locked three generations into economic stagnation and dependency on a welfare state. And today, progressive liberalism is financially choking our entire society, end quote. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony, an honor indeed, a woman who means to change the narrative and bring real hope and change, the outspoken and fabulous Star Parker. Star, welcome back to Testimony. Thank you. It's good to be back with you. I really appreciate it. uh, It's great to have you. And you know what, Star? Your name just really says it all, in my view. Is that a nickname for you, or is that your real name? Well, it's my real name in that my mom named me after her two sisters, one older and one younger. It's not uncommon in black America, her dad being one generation after slavery, to try to make sure they could keep up with their children if ever they were pulled into that type of situation again. So the names of that era uh, were always part of the, their immediate family. And because my Aunt Stella, my, my Auntie Laura and my Auntie Stella, uh, my Auntie Laura named her daughter Laura, and my Auntie Stella, who never had children, lived near us at different times, so I became star so that they could identify who did the mischief, who's guilty, who do we <laughs> yell at. Oh, so. <laughs> well, that's the perfect name for you. So, but let's get right to it in part two of our conversation today. I was glued to the set when you exclaimed that President Obama had committed, quote, verbal rape during his speech at this year's National Prayer Breakfast, in particular his comments slash justifications as they related to the recent beheadings by ISIS terrorists. This is just one example of the, quote, blindness you so deftly talk about in your latest must-read, Blind Conceit. Can you elaborate? Yes, I was in the room at the prayer breakfast, and the reason that I called it verbal rape is I could not think of better adjectives to describe the feeling in the room after we had gotten 
to the place, we the audience, 4,000 people of a tremendous high in the Lord, to see can we solve the problems in our world. The representation of the three major religious uh, communities were there, from Jews to, to Christians to Muslims, the representation of Buddhists, and, 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 and even the Dalai Lama was in the room. The, um, the room represented 130 different nations. Barack Obama, the president of the country, when he came up on that podium, was so blind and arrogant in his own conceit that he didn't even see he was not talking to a room full of Christians. He was talking to the world, uh, that, and in that world, their whole essence of their being, why they were there, was to see if we could build. Can we, can we live together in harmony? How do we fix what is broken down in our society as religious leaders? They opened with a prayer from a rabbi. They read a statement from the Pope. They had incredible testimonies of different people doing various work all across this country from all types of religions. And then they had, um, I mean, even Kim Adula himself was to read the New Testament scripture, and he would have read it had he not needed to go back to his country of Jordan uh, because it was days after the pilot was killed uh, that we had the prayer breakfast. Uh, the testimony of one of the NASCAR drivers who first used that term high horse was was told he told his own story of salvation and how he had to get off his high horse and get down on his knees and pray for God to come into his heart uh, through the Lord, his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ after his wife was continuing to pray for him over his years and then one day got in a horrible accident as a NASCAR driver. This is where we were as a people. This is where the audience was when Barack Obama got up and decided that he would lecture us about all of the things in the past that had gone wrong so that we would never forget the anger of the past and steal the momentum out of the room. So I couldn't think of better adjectives. We, we were not expecting what we received. We didn't want what we received. It was very, very difficult to get through it, and it was clear in the audience that people were having trouble getting through it. And um, at the end, we really felt bad after he finished. You could, you, you, you could feel the air had been sucked out of the room. After an incredible testimony, the next step normally is uh, a salvation call. And instead, we got Barack Obama, the president of the country, to lecture us and to open up all of the old wounds of all of the people sitting in that room. And then they closed out with a song, and then we all just quietly left. Wow, that's unbelievable. You're not hearing about that part of the story in mainstream media, but Star, it reminds me of that scripture in the Bible says that the devil comes but to rob, steal, and destroy. And that just yeah. seems to be what happened during that prayer breakfast. You know, your book, Blind Conceit, we talked in part one about your own story, how you came out of the grips of the welfare system, got your MBA, started your own business in radio. You're now an expert in welfare reform. You're called upon by D.C. legislators to give your input. You've done an amazing, an amazing job of... Uh, being the example, and then trying to share that with others through your organization called Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Star Parker. In your book, Star, you give amazing and startling statistics of the damage liberal progressives and their agenda have levied on the black community while falsely touting freedom, surplus, and civil rights. You talk about the three wars facing our society 
today, the war on religion, the war on marriage, the war on poverty. Can you elaborate on each of these areas for our listeners today? Yes, and they were all started during the same generation, if you will, the 60s, which was very unfortunate uh, for to the black community because they were then hit hardest by these three wars that were declared against our uh, American culture uh, by progressives. The, um, the civil rights movement we know was a movement of repentance and revival. That's what King wanted. Uh, what we got instead was politicization, a movement of progressives for revenge and redistribution of wealth. But it didn't start at the end of the civil rights movement. The progressive left began their wars early 60s when by 1963 they had scrubbed our schools of all reference to God. They declared an all-out war on religion that no longer would our youth understand the God of creation with, the, with and his blessings and how our nation was blessed as a result of this God of creation. Uh, they began this war on marriage, which weakened family and just sent us into the spiral of meaninglessness. And so today we're looking at how homosexuality is dividing us and bringing total hostility into the public square as a result of this war on marriage. The war on marriage also created a dynamic for uh, abortion to run rampant in our society, and very few appreciate that in America you can abort your child all the way to the ninth month, ninth hour, and even if the baby is born alive, the president of our country believes that if that baby is born alive but was destined to be killed in abortion, that that baby should be killed uh, even after it's born alive. So now we're looking at 58 million dead in just 43 years. It should give us all great pause. Uh, the war on marriage weakened women and left them as subject to the state because the war on poverty then uh, was initiated uh, through Johnson's um, building of a great society. President Johnson decided he could build a great society and began to redistribute wealth, meaning they developed out welfare programs to subsidize single living to say that you don't have to worry about any natural consequences that come from your promiscuous sexual activity now that we've destroyed marriage. You don't have to worry about those consequences. We have safety nets. And the safety nets were uh, the welfare program that I didn't, by the time they finished, I was getting engaged in because it was a political promise that somebody else would take care of you, even if you were just out there recklessly living. Uh, people need to keep in mind that within five years after King's death, Roe v. Wade was national law. People need to keep in mind that by within five years after King's death, we had totally changed the course of where black America was heading. His message was saying, remove governmental barriers so that African Americans can live free, so that they can aspire to great heights educationally and economically. And instead, we get politicized. And the next thing you know, we're on this big welfare state. We're looking at um, the destruction of our black family and communities as a result of paying people to be sexually irresponsible. Marriage has collapsed to the point that now, in the black community, 17% of 17-year-olds are raised in a, um, a, a married home. Seven, so that means that 83% of our 17-year-olds are in a single household. Now, some people might think that doesn't matter. What difference does it make? Mind your own business. But the problem is that where we see single living trying to raise children is where we see poverty. The poverty rates for those that are married raising children is around 11%. The poverty rate of those that are single trying to raise children is at 50%. Wow. 
Under your watch, your organization's Center for Urban Renewal and Education, what strides have you been able to help change the narrative in the black community, Star? This is a 50-year mindset that goes way back. Is it possible you had your mind renewed through the Word of God? Becoming a Christian totally changed your life, and that totally changed your lifestyle, your viewpoint, your life's journey. What do you say to someone out there who is on welfare, is a single mom, has no support, sees no way out? What is she supposed to do? Well, she does have support. She has the support of the Lord, and she has the support of many, many organizations within her community. The challenge that she has to confront, the largest hurdle, is herself. It's in the mirror, where she has to understand that the first step out of poverty is self-government, recognizing that she has an obligation to her neighbor and to herself to be self-sufficient and to be responsible with the choices she makes. Once one understands that I can do this, then you're, you start to change. You start to open your eyes and the opportunities are right in front of you to be able to walk in that first door. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Star Parker, founder of Cure and author of her latest great read, Blind Conceit. You can learn more about Star and get her book by going to urbancure.org. Star, you are a true warrior in the faith and battle-ready activist, spiritually, politically, morally, and in every way. God bless you for your unceasing and tremendous work on behalf of all Americans, this country, and our nation. It's so great to be with you, Jensine. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.